Jesus tells us that we should be like children, but if someone calls you a child, you wouldn't like that. Yeah, that'd be it's what you say when you're trying to correct someone sometimes. You're acting like a child. Knock it off. So it's interesting. Now, of course, he's also the one that changed people's view of children. Yeah. But he lifts them up and says, we should become like children. Yeah, we're going to see that today in Luke chapter 18. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And let's get started in verse 1. Junior, you want to begin? This is one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There's a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see what, that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Now, he's not saying that God is easily annoyed like that, but he's saying, if boy, if, if this, this judge who is unrighteous, if he gives in to this woman, well, yeah. how much more would God? Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? You know, um, I have had people tell me that by praying something, repeating our requests in prayer, that it shows a lack of faith, that once we pray something, we should just let it go and not continue to pray about this. But that, my response has always been the same. That just goes directly against Jesus's teaching right here. He says, yeah. no, just keep on asking. Well, and that goes directly against just our, our own experience. You know, I prayed for a guy named Bert for, you did too, for mm -hmm. two years. Never met him. Yeah. The wife kept on putting his prayer request down. We kept on praying for this guy named Bert. And Bert just got baptized a few weeks ago. You and I are hanging out with Bert last night. He's a believer in Jesus Christ. I got a, I have a friend I prayed for, for man, it had to be 20 plus years that uh, before he accepted Christ. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Verse 9 says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He said, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, the sinner, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Verse 15, this is one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus who, could, who he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, let me just say this because I've heard people quote this to me and it just <laughs> it drives me nuts. But, you know, in our church, in our auditorium, our ushers, and I'm so thankful they do that even just for my own sake. But if there's a baby making noise or a child that's like, you know, cooing or crying, the usher will say, can you please step out? You know, we have a parent viewing area. You can watch the, watch the service from that parent viewing area. I've had some people get upset and be like, hey, let the little children come to Jesus and you guys are keeping them from Jesus. It's like, no, we're not. We have bridge kids and that's where they meet Jesus best. We, we pour tons of resources into our children's ministries. Right. We love, we absolutely love children. It's like the, it, children are such a big deal to us. 
Uh, but we love children so much that we want them to learn. And, and we uh, would love children so much we don't want them to be in the way of other people hearing about Jesus. And, and them being in the auditorium, they get nothing out of that. They, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be bored by either you or me. Yep. That It's not directed towards them. It's really an academic setting in our auditorium during the teaching. It does, it's not far off from the synagogue system that Jesus was a big part of. I mean, the kids were not in the synagogue either. They were not in with the adults and I hear people wanting to wax eloquent by saying, that, well, the family should worship together and the kids should be right in there with their parents. That That's not something that's in the Bible, in fact. No. And, and I found... And worship at home. Yes. And instead, when I go to a church service where there's a lot of kids in there, it really gets in the way of being able to learn. And we we just believe this is just too serious. It's way too serious for those kids. Those kids need to be at a place where they can learn at their level because that's where they're going to learn. They're not going to learn by being yeah. in the auditorium. Well, and, and not to beat a dead horse, Dad, but like our family was very close growing up. I mm-hmm. followed Jesus, you know, for most of my life. As did your, your and, sister and your brother. And I never, I was always in kids' ministry. Yeah. And same with my kids. They're always in kids' ministry. I'm very, very close to them. They love Jesus Christ. We have great family dynamics. And them worshiping with us is not holding us back. Yeah, and I, of course, I don't know who we're talking to here and who's listening, and maybe somebody's getting mad, but I, you you have to really do a self-analysis here because I really think that sometimes it's more of a, a personal selfishness that doesn't want to see, you know, they're, if they're children, <laughs> they, the kids get what they yeah. want, and if the kids yeah. ask to go in with mom and dad, they get their way, and that's just not... That's not being a healthy parent. And it's if not- you're getting upset right now, I'm going to repeat what my dad said to somebody this morning that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> you should rethink your opinions. <laughs> That's my favorite line. I loved it. (laughs) All right, well, let's continue on. I'll uh, I'll jump into verse 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. He's getting at something here because do you think I'm God? Because that's who he is. Verse 20, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. He's getting to the heart. So he's uh, forcing him to look at an idol, something that mattered more to him than God. And when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, it's easy for us to look at that and say, well, I'm glad that's not me. I'm glad I'm not rich. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry to tell you this, but in terms of this world's wealth, you have far more than anybody who was alive at the time when Jesus said this. And you have far more than 90 plus percent of the rest of the world. And so we fit into this category and again, he wasn't saying it's impossible because look at verse 26. And those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. I mean, there were wealthy people, some very wealthy people of Jesus today, wealthy in terms of compared to the people around them, who became followers of Jesus. And they were very influential in the early church. And so he wasn't saying wealthy people are not of value to God and cannot be saved. He was saying that it's it's so easy for our wealth to get in the way of our recognizing our need for depending on God. All right, Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. 
And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Now, I love the, you know, I just noticed this, just the organization of this, because first you have Jesus saying, you know, let the little children come to me. And I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he goes into the, the wealthy. So you have two very different types of people. You have a child and then you have a wealthy person. Jesus says the child is the one that, that you need to be like. Mm-hmm. And not like you need to act like a child and be you know less educated. What he's saying is that you need to be dependent. The rich struggle to enter the kingdom of God because they don't realize their dependence on God. Yeah. They're dependent on their own wealth. Mm-hmm. Whereas a child is fully, completely dependent on their parents. And that's how we live our spiritual life. Not that we are doing it all on our own, but that we need God for it every single thing. Absolutely. And the, the two stories fit together so well. You'd think they, they wouldn't, but they really do. Yeah. Well, Proverbs chapter 29 is the proverb for today. And we'll read the whole chapter on our own, but we just want to point out verse one. It says, whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. Hmm. Strong words. They are, but you know, I've, we've seen this play out many, mm-hmm. many times. I've seen this play out even in my own life. You know, there's been times where I was just completely uncoachable and I failed miserably. Mm-hmm. But the times where I've been open to being corrected, that's when I've thrived. Yeah, it was uh, uh, our campus pastor displays Denim, Denim's birthday a week ago. And we, we uh, in our staff meetings, we always celebrate the person who is having a birthday. We talk about how, what they mean to us and what we appreciate about them. And the thing that I brought up about Denim is the fact that he is so teachable, that his humility leads him to being teachable. The guy has grown so radically. He's, he's years behind, beyond his age when it comes to maturity and wisdom. And it comes back to this right here, that he, he doesn't allow his pride to get in the way of him being able to accept criticism. Instead, because he has been willing to accept constructive criticism, he's grown. And for some listening right now, maybe you're on your way to work, in fact, or you're going to be heading to work in a little bit, and you feel like you're really up against it at work. Could it possibly be not everybody else's fault? Could it possibly be that pride is in the way and you've not been willing to listen to some things that people have been, maybe they haven't even had the right spirit or they haven't framed it properly, but the things that they're telling you would do you the world of good. If yeah. you were to listen. Or even think of like just uh oh, it's okay I say this, but like before we turn on the mics, you know, you had mentioned something about, hey, there's just like a talking to Jack, you know, there's just like this little audio. Can we look into that? Did you you want to just to look into if something oh, was immediately, correct or not. yeah. Immediately. Hey, thanks yeah. for that. I, that's that's great. And you know, that's yep. that's success. But it's easy to read this though and think of other people. That so and so, my kids <laughs> need to no, I need think to, about this in I context. need to think about myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, have a happy Memorial Day today and live with that gratefulness that there have been people who sacrificed for you. Live with that gratefulness uh, today. Um, remember them. But also today, make it a, make it a good day. Uh, realize your dependence on God and uh, be open to accepting criticism today. It might come and be okay with that. And we'll see you tomorrow. 